This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about corn-based breakfast cereals. Uh-huh. Definitely yeah. the, Rolls the snappiest the way we could express that. Yes. Did somebody suggest this episode? How did we get um, this? I don't remember. I think it's possible Teenager of the Show December suggested it. If you, if you a listener, were, actually were responsible for suggesting this episode, drop me an email, contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com, and I, I'll thank you on a future episode, probably months from now. You know what? I'm just realizing, Matthew, that yeah. we didn't mention Frosted Flakes here. I'm looking at the agenda, but I just right. want to... Um, I'm so, going to get there. I'm going to get there. Okay. Or do we not want to mention Frosted Flakes? Well, so let's define... I was... Yeah. I was sort of focused on like the less sweet side of things, but, but except then I did talk about corn you, pops and like... And you talked right, about so, kicks, okay. right? I mean, kicks are... Kicks is not a sweet cereal. Oh, it's not? I've never it, had kicks it. Kicks is a Judy Amster approved six, six grams of sugar or less cereal. Oh, great. Okay, I mean, it's why? literally, literally, that's that's their slogan. Kid-tested, <laughs> Judy Amster approved for being le- six grams of sugar or less. Okay, well, w- why don't you go in to your memory lane, which is clearly, okay, let me go into clearly involves kicks. Okay, so when I think of the corn-based breakfast cereals of my youth, as I so often do, <laughs> uh, I the main one I remember is kicks, which were kind of like... I mean, they're they're a little bit firmer than corn pops, but they're sort of like unsweetened corn pops. They're they're like uh, uh, little balls of of inflated corn, and uh, the the slogan of them was "Kid Tested, Mother Approved." The slogan has been updated to "Kid Tested, Parent Approved." I, oh, I assume, that's great! Good job. I mean, Kicks. yeah, I, I assume like like they're already like talking about it down at Kicks HQ of like whether it should be updated to like "Kid Tested, Parent or Guardian Approved." <laughs> Um, it's going to start to get really clunky, but I like the spirit. I mean, not not any clunkier than their original slogan, kid tested, Judy Amster approved for being six grams of sugar or less. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I want to talk about, before we go on any further, I want to mention cornflakes, just like basic 
cornflakes. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about for like 80% of this episode. Okay. So, yeah. Matthew, I never, like, I, we never kept cornflakes in the house. I feel like it's something You kept that... them, like, out in the stream to keep them cold, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Next to my six-pack of beer. Because uh, you, you always pour beer on your cornflakes. I don't know if anybody knows this, but this is what, how you eat them. That's uh, it's your famous hangover cure. <laughs> Anyway, no, okay. But uh, so. Wait, did I you always... have a stream outside your house where you kept like a secret six pack? No. God, <laughs> I grew up in the suburbs of Oklahoma, is the There's... least picturesque stream running kind of place there could be a stream okay it'd probably be like a stream of crude oil you know there's more like a stream there's actually a stream kind of outside my house now it's a drainage channel that runs into puget sound you should put some beer in it and see what happens i should anyway what i was gonna say is uh i remember eating a fair amount of cornflakes as a kid because it would be the kind of thing that you could find in a single serving bowl yeah on like a breakfast buffet if you were staying at a hotel or a motel, you know? Oh, or or a single serving box also, right? They sometimes would have the box. Wait a minute. What did I just say? A single serving bowl. You said bowl. a single serving bowl, which is uh, yeah. a thing, like with a peel off. Yes. I in lid. fact I ate one of those recently at a La Quinta Inn. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. But yes, when we were kids, Shout they were out single to La serving. <laughs> they were single serving boxes. And here's the thing with when you open a box of cornflakes or a bowl or a pour a bowl of cornflakes, I'm struggling. When you eat cornflakes, you must take a spoonful of sugar and scatter it over the top. And then pour your milk on. I'm so glad you brought this up because I never do that. You can't just eat plain cornflakes. Like, here's where I'm at. You know, I was always a big fan of cornflakes. We would sometimes have them at home. I still, they're still one of my favorite cereals. Uh, one of the few cereals where I feel like you have to get the name brand and like the the cheap brand isn't as good. Oh, do you get Kellogg's cornflakes? Kellogg's cornflakes. I'm holding it up right now with uh, Cornelius the Rooster on the box. Oh, I didn't know he had a name. Oh, we'll, we'll get into that too. I'm so excited to tell you all about Kellogg's cornflakes. Okay. Um, but one time I went to a friend's house and they spooned sugar on their cornflakes. And I'm like, this is the shit. When yes. I know like my parents would never allow this, but when I'm out in the world on my own, every morning I'm going <laughs> to spoon sugar on my cornflakes. Pretty much haven't thought about it between then and now. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, I, I think I would definitely still spoon at least okay, like well, 50% the amount of sugar I used to put on it. I'm not going to try it right this second because, like, I we're recording remotely because, like, your everyone's favorite virus is in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when, like, after we finish recording, I'm I'm going to pour myself a bowl of cornflakes and put some sugar on it, and then we'll then we'll do the episode again. <laughs> Great. Okay, I can't wait. Before we move on to to something else, I I do want to shout out. I have more um, memory lane. I want to shout out everybody's favorite Tori Amos, uh, who was definitely like. Possibly a cornflake girl. (laughs) You said you want to shout out everyone's favorite Tori Amos. You know, you know who my favorite Tori Amos is. (laughs) Tori Tori Amos. Amos? Well, you said everybody's favorite virus was in your house, and I was like, "That's true." Yeah, so everybody's favorite Tori Amos, which rhymes with virus. Oh, I see. Okay, I I don't. I don't know if it's really fair to to conflate those two things. No, it's not at all. Do you remember? God. Do you remember the "Caught a Light Sneeze" song? Mm-hmm. So good, God. Yeah, Matthew, those, I'm the, I, think, I feel like those morning. first two albums are like totally unimpeachable, and and she has many other great albums. 
Okay. Okay. I haven't kept up with her. On my 90s music podcast, we devoted a whole episode uh, to the album Little Earthquakes a while back. Oh, great. Okay. I'll go catch that. But not, yeah. not, go catch I, mean, I don't want to catch everybody's favorite virus. I'll just catch everybody's favorite toy. No, no, no. Oh, and my 90s music podcast is called Hidden Jukebox, in case you want to look it up yourself. That's a plug. Yes. Yes. You should all go listen to it, everybody. Uh, Matthew records it with his brother, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to plug Jake. Oh, no. Why bother? Okay, but wait, hold on. Uh, he is one of my two favorite brothers, but not necessarily <laughs> number one. I make them, I make them like jockey for my love. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. Jockey for my love. That sounds like um Is that? That just came like out of song. my mouth. Right? That sounds like yeah. a song. Okay. Uh, it's like I'm, jump I'm working for my on some love. new songs, and like one of them, one of them needs a new title. So I'm, gonna, I'm gonna ask my collaborator if we can call it "Jockey for My Love." It would not fit with like the the uh, the tone of the of the uh, little EP we're working on, but uh, but we should do it anyway. Jockey for My Love is like a cross between genuine's pony yeah mm-hmm. and a pointer sis the pointer sisters jump Just jump for my love right yeah jockey yes. jockey okay. for my love yeah all right that i mean if there was a song that that combined everything that's great about those two <laughs> songs like you know you would put that on and just like everyone would fuck instantly right yes yes okay, okay. matthew was there another corn-based cereal in your youth <laughs> that you want to mention that that's a wonder. Thank you for the setup there. That was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Quaker Corn Bran, which they later changed to Quaker Crunchy Corn Bran and then discontinued because it wasn't a very popular cereal. But it was like little pillows of of like crunchy pillows of corn bran. I always forget that. That corn has bran. Yeah, I forget that corn has bran. I always yeah, think of I know wheat what you bran. Mean. Wheat bran is just right. totally overrun corn bran in the bran market. That that yeah, it, it seems like you're right. Like I don't know why that is. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't even even have a guess. But yeah, but I, I remember really liking Quaker corn bran. Maybe they'll bring it back as like a limited edition nostalgia box. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I look forward to that. Do you like uh, you know that Nirvana song, limited edition nostalgia box? <laughs> Um, I feel like we should we should tell the reader, we should tell the reader, listener, that we're recording remotely this morning, which is part of why we keep talking all over each other and we cannot get this show started. We should definitely tell the reader that thing that I that I just told them two minutes ago. Oh God, Matthew, did you really? (laughs) Yes, I said we were recording remotely because I had everyone's favorite virus in the house. Oh God, I'm sorry. Okay, so Matthew, let's just, let's finally get this show started. Let's um, do it. Okay, so now that we've established that we both have history with corn-based <laughs> breakfast cereals, um, would a you tell me- A sorted, lurid history. Would you tell me a bit about your your research into the history of corn-based breakfast cereals? Okay, this research is going to lean heavily on the Wikipedia page for cornflakes, but there's, like, we're going to learn a lot along the way, I think. So, according to Wikipedia, quote, the cereal originally made with wheat was created by Will Kellogg in 1894 for patients at the Battle Creek Sanitarium where he worked with his brother, John Kellogg, who was the superintendent. Why are so many grain-based products invented for, like, treatment of maladies like masturbation or other things like that? That's, <laughs> that's always what it is, right? Like, all, all the cereals we're, we were going to be talking about, like, were, like, attempts to get kids to stop masturbating and, like... <laughs> And, and like, and, they looked at the corn like, well, this didn't work, but maybe corn pops will help, right? <laughs> hey, but, you know, this cereal maybe isn't working Krispies. anymore. Let's try graham crackers. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's because like the the Battle Creek Sanitarium was like and and like like people who work there or stayed there like it was like a hotbed of of like serial development and also they had some <laughs> weird ideas. Okay. Okay, where was the Battle Creek Sanitarium? Uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. Okay. Okay. Um and so this would have been like at the uh, the end of the 19th century kind of mm-hmm, um and mm-hmm. the and the early 20th century. Okay. Um, the whole history that I read, like I tried to figure out like, okay, the first version of this was wheat flakes. Like when did corn come into the equation? I don't really know. Not too long after wheat. Okay. Still from Wikipedia, quote, there is considerable disagreement over who was involved in the discovery and the role they played. Uh, It's generally agreed that upon being called out one night, John Kellogg left a batch of wheat berry dough behind. Wait, he got called out? He got called called out. out. Like, (laughs) hey, you're... Hey! Hey, you. You, the guy who's obsessed with whether whether kids are (laughs) masturbating or not. Like, (laughs) cut it out. Stand down. What have you got to hide, man? Right. So he went out and left a batch of wheat berry dough behind. Rather than throwing it out the next morning, he sent it through the rollers and was surprised to obtain delicate flakes, which could then be baked. Ooh, good job, John Kellogg. So uh, once again, we have like a food origin story where we're like uh, it uh, originated an in, a, in, a, in an accident. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So the process uh, they discovered was called tempering, which seems to be just like adding water to the ground grain and letting it sit for a little while. Okay. Or actually not even necessarily before it's ground. I didn't totally get what tempering was, even though I watched a bunch of videos and read a bunch of articles about how they make cornflakes. But apparently it's very important. Okay, great. Well, uh, um, I, I, I now know the term and will throw it around wildly. Yeah, you got um, to temper your grains. Okay. If you don't temper your grains, how are you going to temper your lustful feelings, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, the original wheat flake cereal was called Granos. Mm. So cereal naming, <laughs> has cereal naming gotten better? It has. Quote, in 1906, Will Keith Kellogg, who served as the business manager of the sanitarium, decided to try to mass market the new food. At his new company, Battle Creek Toasted Corn Flake Company, so apparently the corn got in sometime between 1894 and 1906, okay. he added sugar to the flakes to make them more palatable to a mass audience, but this caused a rift oh. between his brother and him. Citation needed. <laughs> Okay, so, so this 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 rift, this could just be an apocryphal riff because we don't have a citation. It could be an apocryphal rift um, <laughs> between between Will Kellogg and John Kellogg. Yeah, so presumably John was like, if you sweeten the flakes, like they're not going to have the desired effect anymore because okay. because like sugar, like uh, you know, inflames the loins. Yes. <laughs> uh, in 1907, his company ran an ad campaign which offered a free box of cereal to any woman who winked at her grocer. Whoa. That things, one is, have gone, things have gone off the rails. That one is cited. <laughs> this company is so confused about what it's trying to do. I mean, I'd like to point out that right. the thing about masturbation, you and I, <laughs> mostly me, just made up, right? Okay? I, but I, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was true. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't either, because that's that's like the supposed origin story for graham, for graham crackers, crackers and a whole yeah. bunch of other like weedy things. I, I think there was definitely like like you know a sexual purity element to the Battle Creek Sanitarium. I'm probably getting it from getting this from that movie, The Road to Wellville, which may or may not have any historical accuracy, but I think so. But hold on, I just yeah. have to I have to go back to this. Okay, so. The company, Battle mm-hmm. Creek Toasted Cornflake Company, ran an ad that offered a free box of cereal to any woman who winked at her grocer? Yeah, and this was like... What were they doing? I mean, like, the, yeah, this is terrible. It also, like, this is 1907. Like, you know, that's equivalent to, like, 
like a like a blowjob today, right? It is. Okay. It, inflation. Right. Exactly. Like like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god wait i just got it inflation, inflation. yeah yeah blow job but but it was funny it was funny even even without the double entendre <laughs> oh, i'm so delighted i um, also want to point out that if this was happening in 1907 that's also when my home state of oklahoma was founded oh okay great yeah um so yeah so it's made probably- a state uh, probably with, with, there was like an oklahoma like land rush was there also like an oklahoma cereal rush no, no, there was just the land rush and then there was the statehood. Okay. Yeah. Still from Wikipedia, quote, to increase sales in 1909, he, Will Kellogg, added a special offer, the Funny Jungle Land Moving Pictures booklet, which was made available to anyone who bought two boxes of the cereal. I I love this so much because I love it when old-timey things have old-timey names. So this is the Funny Jungle Land Moving Pictures book. Is this like a flip book? It was, I assume it was a flip book, yes. Did you, were okay. you into flip books when you were a kid? I thought they were so cool. I mean, I thought they were pretty cool, but it was the th- kind of thing that you would like pick up at like a little gift store or at a Hallmark yeah, or something sure. and you would flip through it and then you'd put it back down. Yeah. But yeah. but like during during that like two seconds when you were flipping it like nothing the world just melted away. It's true. Well, it's true. I was so absorbed those, in those that funny jungle land animals doing yep. their antics. Yep. So do you think that any of the mascots were it, uh, like? Did they have mascots from the Battle Creek Toasted Corn Flake Company? And were so, they in the Funny Jungle Land Moving Pictures booklet? I imagine so. So first of all, I want to I want to establish that the the uh, Funny Jungle Land Moving Pictures booklet offer was good for twenty. It was they continued to offer it for twenty two years. <laughs> you know. You know wow. what I didn't do. I didn't look at whether there's like a scan of the Funny Jungle Land moving. Oh, there totally is. Really? <laughs> like if you Google Funny Jungle Land moving pictures booklet, you can okay. see lots of lots of examples. Okay. This Funny is the most like old timey 1909 shit you've ever seen. Land moving pictures. Okay, I'm, I'm pulling up one I've from 1909. I've got this one that has like a, like a dapper elephant and a dapper giraffe. Oh, yes. That's what I'm seeing too. Yeah. Oh, kids, gosh. kids today would hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a very like Babar vibe, like Babar. Oh, it totally and his, does. Babar and his colonialist friends, isn't that yeah, the vibe no, you're getting? Look at the top hats. These oh, are all ab- robber. Absolutely, like like these there's, are robber there's something barons. Very wrong with this. <laughs> yes. Interesting. Okay. Why did okay? Funny Jungle Land, indeed. Okay. So, according to Wikipedia, still there have been many mascots of Kellogg's cornflakes. I could not find any of them other than the current mascot, which uh, Wikipedia says is the most popular one—a green rooster named Cornelius Corny Rooster, which has been the mascot since his debut. <laughs> so, 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 uh, like, thanks, Wikipedia. Like, like, Corn- Cornelius has been the mascot since becoming the mascot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> quote in early commercials he would speak the catchphrase wake up 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 to kellogg's cornflakes later he stopped talking and simply crowed citation needed. it sounds like the mob got to him right citation needed yeah, <laughs> yeah. like like some mob enforcers got to where he was like like you know you need talking. to shut your beak later he stopped talking and simply <laughs> crowed 
<laughs> maybe okay. maybe he was like I was gonna say like maybe he was he was saying racist stuff and they were like Cordelia just <laughs> shut the fuck up but like back then I don't think he would have been gotten in any trouble for saying racist stuff so it's true it's true so so like then what happened I mean were these still being made by the Battle Creek toasted corn yes. bleep bleep so, blah 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 which became the Kellogg's Corporation. But, quote, with cornflakes becoming popular in the wider community, a previous patient at the sanitarium, C.W. Post, started to make rival products. Whoa, I didn't realize that. You know, C.W. Post stayed at the Battle Creek Sanitarium and maybe like did some industrial espionage while he was there. I had no idea. This is fantastic. I love this origin story. Have you noticed... I, I get the sense that even to this day, cereals in the cereal aisle are arranged by manufacturer and like no. why. Actually, I guess I did notice it because um, are you familiar with the kind of vaguely health foodie cereal line Barbara's? Oh, am I ever? So my household adores Barbara's puffins? crunch or something, not puffins. Oat Crunch, which look like little striped pillows, sort of, and they're delicious. It's not Gorilla Munch? Not Gorilla Munch. Anyway, but um, there's something going on with the Barbara's supply chain. Okay. And this cereal has been out of stores for, well, we're recording this episode in mid-July, and it's already been out of stores for at least a month, and my household is... Struggling. Struggling. But anyway, I do always notice that the Barbara's cereals are always stocked together, but I had not noticed that other companies were as well. Although, yeah, no, I think there's like a Kellogg section and a General Mills section. And I don't know. I don't know if post, there are still post cereals, right? Or are we living in a post cereal age? do Do you know? Who makes all these brands? I mean, like, like when I think of cornflakes, cornflakes is me- Kellogg's. Well, obviously, but it's only because you've said it like eighteen times this morning. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you hadn't, I might be like, hmm, cornflakes. Who makes those? General Mills. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's like you know, why would anyone care? Um, <laughs> right. 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 So post cereals still exist. They make they make some of your fan favorites like grape nuts, pebbles, raisin bran, and more. Okay. I do love Raisin Bran. I don't, but I'm glad you do. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it. No charge. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet. Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Do you have anything else you want to tell me about cornflakes? Okay, uh, cornflakes are produced in significant quantities at the Trafford Park factory in Manchester, England, which is the largest cereal factory in the world. Awesome. Cool. Maybe we can tour it someday. Yeah. Do you ever, um, you know, people use cornflakes in a whole bunch of like cooking purposes, yeah. like cornflakes on top of um, like cornflakes to bread fried chicken. Yes. I've, have you had um, this? It's really tasty. I'm sh- I think I have had yeah. it. What about cornflakes? Um, don't people sometimes do it on top of casseroles, tuna noodle casserole or things like that? I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. And in Japan, they're a really popular ice cream topping or like a parfait topping where you'll mm. have like, uh, you know, some some soft serve or or hard serve ice cream. It's called okay. hard serve, right? It is called hard um, serve. And uh, <laughs> uh, that with like layers of like, you know, like like a jelly and uh, and like some cornflakes and uh, some chocolate chips or something like uh, that. Sounds it's like a really a tex- good ice cream. A topping. textural delight. It is a textural delight. So, okay, do you have anything else that we absolutely need to know about cornflakes? Well, later I was going to explain how to make cornflakes, but maybe I should do that now, and then then we'll talk about some different cereals. Okay. Yes. So uh, there is a page on Kellogg's.com about how they make cornflakes. It does not explain how they make cornflakes at all. Um, So I I start reading this page. I'm like, oh, cool. They're going to like explain the whole process. And it starts with every kernel of corn we harvest makes two to three flakes. And that is all of the factual information on that page, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So, so great. So I watched a YouTube video, which we'll link to from Discovery UK. Uh, And the corn, so kernels of corn are hulled and de-germed and cooked in a pressure cooker. Um, I think they are probably flavored with a little bit of salt and sugar and malt at this point, but the video didn't say whether that happens now or later, but I know those are ingredients in Kellogg's cornflakes. The cooked corn is then like dried in like a drying oven uh, or like a, you know, it's still tossed in hot air um, until it contains about 20% moisture. And then they roll it between these heavy rollers. And these things are so metal they will like you like put your arm near them and your arm is off. Can can we see them in that YouTube video you mentioned? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, like great, the great. rollers weigh like hundreds of pounds each, and they are calibrated to like a very very precise distance between them, so you get the right thickness of flake. Okay, pretty wow. cool, right? Yeah, super cool. Um. According to the video, my my favorite quote from the video was, at this point, the flakes are still quite soft and not at all tasty. (laughs) So they they look kind of like rags after coming out of the rollers, like, uh, and, uh, or like, like, like some like, uh, you know, wet seaweed you would find on the beach, only Mm -hmm. corn colored. Uh, Mm. And then they get toasted on a conveyor belt until the moisture content is reduced to 3%. And then they can be sprayed with a sugar solution if they're going to become frosted flakes or like sprayed with other flavorings. Okay. That's it. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, that was then, kind of interesting. And they gotta get boxed. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fun to watch a video about cornflakes, especially the 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 big rollers. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well. So. It's just uh, so powerful. yeah. Go, 
go look at our show notes and and go check out that roller that will shear your or squish your arm off. It will squish your arm off. Yeah, like your arm could get flaked. <laughs> your arm could get flaked. God, that would. Yeah. Wow. There should be. You know. You know. Remember that will it blend video series? Yes. That people are into a, a while back squish. now. Um, they, yeah, they do will it squish where they just like put things that, that should not go into the cornflake rollers in there. Like not an actual person's arm. That would be cruel. No, but no, but like a, no, no. maybe like a Cabbage Patch Kid. Yes. I don't know why that's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> but it would be pretty great, right? It would be pretty great. I know. What would, what would happen to like – so their bodies were usually soft – and their faces, I think, were soft originally, but now the faces, I think, are plastic now oh, that they've so, re-released so them. So I, I, I sort of imagine there would be like like a sad, like deflating sound, but maybe it would just be like a crunching no, sound. I think it'd be kind of crunching and kind of like pillow squishing sound. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, like, but like what, are, what would – like I would put in a Cabbage Patch Kid. What would be the first thing you would throw into the rollers in the Will It, will it mm. – what, what do we call I it? Will it a beanbag flat? chair could be really satisfying. <gasps> yes. Imagine, it'd be like oh, Pop Rocks. Man. It'd be you like know? what? Like pop rocks, like yeah. the sound of pop oh, rocks, yeah. maybe. And like, w- and like, it would it flatten into like like a giant flat ten feet in <laughs> diameter beanbag yeah. chair flake. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'd eat that. Okay. How about corn pops? How do you feel about these? Corn pops have never done it for me. I don't really like. It's is it supposed to be like a honey flavor that they're I supposed think to have? So, although they or is were, that honey smacks? Th- there's honey smacks. Like corn corn pops were like they're one of these cereals that have gone back and forth between call, being called just corn pops and sugar corn pops several times okay. over the course of their career. And they're round, right? They're they're kind of they're kind of like. Uh, Round, but well, actually, let's get into this because they're the the American corn pops are sort of like peanut M and M's in that they're kind of like uh, uh, organically shaped, so okay. sort of sort of like oval ish, kind of lumpy. Okay. Um, but Canadian corn pops, uh, again, according to Wikipedia, look very different. They are uniformly spherical and have a porous surface similar to kicks. The taste and huh. texture of the Canadian and American versions of the cereal differ considerably despite sharing the same name and manufacturer. Kellogg says this is due to raw ingredients and the regulatory agency, agencies that exist in a particular country and that its cereal differs by country also by virtue of marketing and culture. So I, <laughs> culturally speaking, Americans prefer a, a softer, more misshapen corn pop. That is well. That's but, also but Canadians smooth. like it, like it regimented. And but they also like it to have a porous surface. A por- they love a porous surface in Canada. If there's one thing <laughs> that that we know about Canada, like it's that they go crazy for a porous surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the I, I I don't mind corn pops, but they're not one of my favorites. I wouldn't ever like choose them over frosted flakes, which I know we'll get into. I think I have only eaten these like under duress, uh, you know, at like a a Motel Six breakfast buffet. So like like a step down from La Quinta. Yes, yeah. okay. yes. Um, yes. In a moment of real desperation. Here's the other thing that I love from the Wikipedia page about Corn Pops. Quote, unlike the vast majority of breakfast cereals, Corn Pops in the USA was packaged in a foil-lined bag until the mid-2010s. I do remember that. This okay. helped to prevent the Pops from going stale and from secreting a sticky <gasps> substance that caused the corn pops to stick together, a problem caused by the method by which the cereal is processed. The the word secreting. Secreting a sticky substance. Uh-huh. It sounds it sounds like it's some sort of insect. Like maybe it's, it's like tr- one of those beetles that that like right. produces shellac. Or, 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 wait, or yeah, like or it's trying or to, just, to like like drive off predators. 
Wait, does shellac come from like something the beetles secretes, or do you have to like crush the beetle I, in the cornflake rollers to I get shellac? Literally read some. No, wait, no, I read something about shellac, but it was not. It was not like lac beetle shellac. It was like the kind that comes from a tree. I don't know. Okay, we'll, we'll do okay. a shellac episode. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, but anyway, so the, oh, wow, it secretes a it sticky secretes substance. a sticky substance. That's like, revolting. I feel. I feel like you know. I, I. I already said it wasn't one of my favorite cereals. Now I may be like scared off of corn pops forever. <laughs> <laughs> what about corn checks? Corn checks were introduced in 1958. That's kind of kind of all I got. Uh, you know, I had I had wheat checks for breakfast this morning. Oh, I have I have a box of corn checks here. I haven't opened it have yet. You, I do like them. Have you tasted them? Um, not today, but I've had them many times in the past. Okay. Um, they're great how, checks for making uh, muddy buddies or uh, puppy food, puppy chow. How is how are corn checks different from Crispix, which were one of my favorite cereals growing Mine up? Mine too. Do you remember the Crispix commercial, which I'm sure is on YouTube, uh, where like the corn farmer and rice farmer are arguing over which is the bet which side of the Crispix is better? No, but that's so. Here's very how I remember it. There's like there's like a corn farmer and a rice farmer arguing. Or no, wait, it's it's not that. It's that. Here's here's the commercial as I remember it. This could be completely like make I could be completely misremembering this and making it up. But it was a corn farmer from Iowa talking to his son about how the in in our house we're corn farmers and we like the corn corn side of the crispix better. And uh, then and the son the kid is like I you know I think I kind of like the rice side of the crispix better. And like the dad like ships the kid off to boot camp and he's like six years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Except for, except for the last part, that is actually how I remember the commercial. Uh, because of this commercial, like my brothers and I, when we were kids, we would like bite around the edge of the Crispix and separate it into two pieces and then like eat them separately. I do remember biting, right? biting the two halves apart. Oh, yeah. Yes. Sometimes you could like, like if you got your teeth just like in the groove, right, you could like separate them just with like one careful soft bite. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think Crispix is a really excellent cereal, and I'm a little bummed that I I wasn't able to pick some up before our episode today. It is a good cereal, um, yeah. And I they the two sides really do taste different. I I didn't look up when Crispix was first made, uh, 1983. So no wonder we love it. It it is our childhood cereal. Yeah, they they made it um, just for just for folks like us. They did corn corn and rice farmers and and the children thereof. <laughs> So, Matthew, what are your favorite corn-based breakfast cereals today? I got to go original Kellogg's Corn Flakes, no question. And okay. I, do, I do love Frosted Flakes. Like, I feel like the Corn Flakes and Frosted Flakes tend to come in really big boxes. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. there's, like, a normal size box, but usually it's not on sale. And so you're paying, like, $6 for the regular size box or, like, four twenty nine for the family size box. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, about, like, you know, when I get to, like, day five of Frosted Flakes, I'm like, I've been eating too many Frosted Flakes. Um, it's hard. It's like hard. It gets harder to enjoy it. There's a principle of diminishing marginal returns. Cornflakes, I can just like plow through the whole box. You know, that's a really good point because most of the time, and and again, this is not our like sugary corn-based breakfast cereals episode. But, but, yeah. but most of the time when I get Frosted Flakes, it's usually in a single serving thing or like somebody else has bought them and I can help myself to a bowl. And right. that is like, a, that is a Incredible delight. Treat. Yeah. Incredible treat. 
you're, However, you're saying think, what you like is free cereal that you don't oh, have to pay for. Or that I've paid for like in my all-inclusive yeah, room right. price. But now that I think about it, uh, yeah, I don't think I would want to eat Frosted Flakes morning after morning after morning. But at the same time, Matthew, I have not eaten just a bowl of cornflakes in ever. Even without a spoonful of sugar? I think, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna, okay, yeah. I'm gonna try that very soon. Okay, okay. But, but I mean, I do love Frosted Flakes. It is a great cereal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm really glad that you added that because Tony the Tiger was uh, calling in <laughs> on line one, was feeling really upset that we'd spent so much time talking like, about Cornelius, who yeah, stopped he, talking. He called in, like, you, the listener, couldn't hear it. He was, he was on, like, our private line. But, but he was like, <laughs> like, you guys, like, I'm a, I'm a peaceful tiger. I'm like a, th- like a thorough of tigers was that thorough joke that was before we started recording that wasn't was before it? we God started but, but anyway but you know, Tony like, was... like, yeah he said he, he, he would he felt like mauling us well i think what he actually said is he was like come on guys i'm great <laughs> yeah but while right? he said that he made like a mauling motion with his claws <laughs> ah, it's very sexy okay gosh okay matthew is there anything else we need to say about corn-based breakfast cereals yeah no i feel like like considering considering the possibly apocryphal origin like tony the tiger feels like a pretty horny mascot (laughs) (laughs) that was the that was the thing i wanted to add about corn-based breakfast cereals thanks for teeing me up there okay okay (laughs) good all right (laughs) now now all i can think about is like which are the horniest cereal mascots we'll do this on a future episode i'm sure (laughs) Okay, okay. Matthew. Like Toucan Sam could do all kinds of stuff with his nose. (laughs) Stop. Stop. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. I just can't stop. So this past weekend, I went camping Mm -hmm. with a bunch of families, including a a little boy who's going into fifth grade, who I know is a major like fan of this podcast. Oh, okay. Every single time you say the word horny, I just keep thinking of this poor little kid and what we're doing to his brain. We cannot cannot run our show that way. Okay, fine. Could we put like a, um, could we put a warning on this one that says like not for Xavier? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Like an an, an NSFX. Yeah, there we go. That's pretty, pretty fun acronym there. Yeah, that is pretty good. Okay. All right. It's time for segments. Yeah, I mean, you you are the one who like 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 on an episode a couple of weeks ago like talked talked about like you know who's the best blowing agent for <laughs> like for uh, hours. That's true. That's true. I know. I, I get it. It's also hard when we're not in the same room. I know that that's true. It's really hard. Yeah. My life. This job is so hard. It's 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 as hard as Toucan Sam's nose. All right. So uh, how about a now? But wow. Do you have one? I do. Okay, so my Now But Wow is a video game this week, and it's a video game that I'm betting many people in our audience have already played because it is not new. Uh, it's it, like it uh, came out in like 2002 or something, but I haven't played it before. It's the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy. Uh, I'm playing it on Switch, but it's available on practically every platform. It is a, it's like a legal, like a courtroom drama based uh, visual novel. And it is so like I had kind of sort of knew it existed for a while and knew that like you're supposed to uh, like uh, uh, what the kids say ship. 
you're supposed to ship. Um, oh yeah, you're supposed uh, to uh, ship Phoenix, the characters. Phoenix Wright and uh, and the uh, the hunky. Well, not hunky, more like uh, pretty sexy uh, uh, prosecutor. Okay, is Phoenix Wright uh, male or female? Or? Phoenix Phoenix Wright is is a, is a man, and so is the prosecutor. But there is so much more oh, to this so game. Wait, there's, you're supposed there's supposed to be like gay shipping on. Oh here. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh God, I love this game. I'm um, ready. This game is so weird. It's so much weirder than it has to be. Like so many ridiculous things happen. Like, you know, I have I have heard like possible spoiler alert. I haven't gotten to this yet, but there's going to be a future installment where I get hit on the head and get amnesia but still have to defend myself in court. Like there's a there's a case where like now the prosecutor is is accused of murder and I and now he's my client. Um like whatever, like there's there's a supernatural and magical realism elements. <laughs> One of my favorite things about it is the game is supposed to be set in like the Western U.S. or Canada, it seems like. But also there's like a bunch of Japanese stuff because the the game was made in Japan. So like at one point you go into like uh, the like a shack um, owned by like a like a grizzled like um, uh, guy who runs a boathouse. Like it's the boathouse, and uh, and we're supposed to it's supposed to believe this is I think Western Canada. And when you go in, like, he's got a kotatsu with rice crackers and mandarin oranges on top of it. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Anyway, this it's, this game is cheap. It is, it's like pure escapism. It is so silly. There, there are some murders, but very stylized. And, uh, like, I'm having so much fun with it. That is amazing. That's Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. I love the delight on your face as you're describing this. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, our producer is Abby Circatella, and boy, have we given her a lot to work with in this episode. Uh-huh. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. You can chat with other Spilled Milk listeners on our Reddit. That's reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Yeah, head on over there. I bet they're already discussing which is the horniest cereal mask mascot. I can't wait to find out. Um, and until next time. We're going to stop talking and start crowing. <laughs> until next time, every kernel of corn makes two to three flakes like us. Yes. I'm Molly stop Weisenberg. Stop talking and start crowing. <laughs> and I'm Cornelius. I like to live on the edge, so I'm just gonna um, I'm gonna open it in a new window. Okay, Molly. Molly said just before we started started recording that she decided not to print the agenda. I know. And it's just gonna work off the off the computer screen like uh, like a, a impetuous maniac of of podcasting. That's mm-hmm. me. Okay, here we go. I'm resizing my windows, bro. All right. Hold on. I'm not ready. <laughs> okay. I should have done this earlier. Sorry. <laughs> God. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.